Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. NAHU allies in Congress introduced bills that would address the three-day stay requirement for Medicare beneficiaries who are considered to be under observation status while being hospitalized. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, Vice President of Congressional Affairs and resident Medicare policy expert John Green is here to discuss more. Thanks for joining me this week, John. It's a pleasure to be here to talk about this issue. We've been talking about it for a long time. Can you remind listeners what observation status is and why it poses an issue for Medicare beneficiaries? Yes, I'd be glad to. So a number of Congresses ago, there was a concern about inappropriate admissions and readmissions uh, beneficiaries to the hospital. And so they created this utilization review process that would examine whether admission or readmission was appropriate. But what's happened is that it's kind of run amok. And what happens is if you are audited and if you're found to have done so, admitting someone inappropriately, then you get no reimbursement for that stay at all. And for rural hospitals in particular, that's just a hit they cannot take. And hospitals hate this. So they created what they call, uh, I call it purgatory observation status, which uh, allows them to get something less than full payment, but at least better than nothing. Unfortunately, hospitals have up to a year in which to change an admission status conferred by a physician and putting people into this observation status. So someone may have gotten services at a skilled nursing facility and all that's reversed. So it amounts to a surprise bill for Medicare beneficiaries. It also impacts how their drugs were paid for when it reverts to observation status. So it can they can incur greater out-of-pocket costs. So it's just, it is bad policy. And we're glad that I think we have real momentum on this topic. NAHU's virtual annual convention is this Sunday, but before that is the annual NAHU 5K Run and Walk, which began today, Friday, June 25th. Here with me today, I have Wayne Sakamoto here to tell us more. Hi, Wayne. Dan, thank you very much for helping to promote our annual and again, virtual 5K run and walk that benefits QPAC. And the purpose of this is really to get our members uh, engaged with fitness activities anywhere they want in the comfort of their own uh, backyard and community. And the 5K registration is available through active.com. And the information has been emailed to all of our members through NAHU. I recently just sent out an email to all of our members who participated last year, as well as information that I posted and shared on LinkedIn. So the information is available 
everywhere in terms of the link at active.com. And yes, the event does start today, June 25th. The convention goes through the weekend through Tuesday, the 29th. We do have the ability to keep the registration open, and we decided to keep the registration open through Monday, July 5th, since that is the holiday and allows people and members, their family and guests to go ahead and participate with this 5K at any time. And I'm hoping that we can reach 100 individuals that will participate to benefit NAHA's HUPAC admin fund, I should specify. And I am really excited about this because we did have close to 100 earlier this year for our capital conference and for convention. This will mark our second time. And I'm really excited about it. Thank you, Wayne. And please, if you're listening right now and you haven't signed up for annual convention, please sign up now because the registration window is closing. And of course, go to active.com and sign up for the virtual 5K run and walk. To hear it has momentum is very good because NAHU has been working on this issue for some time. So what would you say appears to be the holdup? Because it appears on the surface to be a simple fix. Well, it is actually essentially a simple fix. But as what happens in many cases, when bills go to the Congressional Budget Office to be scored or to determine what it costs the government to change a policy, the score comes in very high. And it has been too high for uh, members to... Uh, to take. So unless we can attach it to something else, that score has been an impediment. It hasn't been for the lack of bipartisanship. Um, Certainly this bill is as bipartisan as you can get. And in fact, includes members of Congress on both sides of the aisle from more than one committee of jurisdiction, which is something we haven't had in the past. So that's why I feel like our momentum is good. Now, here's the other part with regards to the CBO score, new data suggests that people on observation cycle through uh, multiple times through the hospital on observation status. When you think about it, people who need skilled nursing care are sick. And so they're really sick. And if you don't ever address the problem for which they present, and you send them home, many of them lack the ability to follow discharge plans. They may not have transportation. They may lack people in the home to help or uh, even a telephone. What happens is they, they come back, are readmitted under observation status again and again and again. And I think that when you total up the cost of repeated admissions or readmissions, the cost of that is far higher than if they had just gotten what they needed because data also suggests that people who do receive that proper care do not cycle through repeatedly. And so there's something to be said for that. So I think you know we're gonna try to make that case to CBO at the appropriate time. And what was the status of this policy during the pandemic? Well, what is really interesting about that is that under their authority, they waived that re- three-day stay requirement completely. Now, of course, look, I have no issue with them doing that, but it was interesting that they found authority when in the past they had said they lacked authority. 
HHS Secretary Xavier Becerra was asked about observation status in a recent House hearing. What did he say there? Well, what's interesting, and we'll play this clip, is that he understands the issue and that they have limited authority under rules or powers to waive this. But it was an extraordinary circumstance, obviously, with the pandemic. Mr. Secretary, I wanted to focus for a minute on a COVID um, policy which HHS uh, adopted, uh, which I support, which is that they um, basically suspended the three-day hospitalization rule uh, for Medicare patients to get coverage upon discharge from hospital. Um, This has been a persistent problem over the years in terms of the way uh, hospitals were coding uh, patients as uh, outpatient as opposed to inpatient. And uh, we just had horror stories over the years of uh, elderly patients with broken hips, uh, ribs, uh, who in some instances were in hospital for five, six, seven, sometimes 12 days, uh, and then found out that they did not qualify for uh, follow-on rehab care uh, for their injuries because of the way they were coded as uh, observation status, not inpatient. Uh, again, HHS suspended that rule during the pandemic, which I think was a smart move. And um, you know, I would like to at least flag this issue. There is a bipartisan bill, HR 3650. It is supported by over 30 geriatric um, uh, groups, including ARP, um, the Committee to Save uh, to Save uh, Social Security and Medicare, and many provider groups like the ER docs uh, and others, um, to to really um, get rid of this surprise billing on steroids, because that really is what happens to patients when they, uh, again, find out that they were coded in the wrong uh, bucket and and, uh, lose this coverage. Again, it's a very specific issue. I don't want to put you on the spot this minute, but I want to flag it for you that, um, you know, as the uh, emergency order um, sunsets, that um, the system is going to snap back to where it was before. And we want to work with the department to either enact uh, 3650 or get some policy. And I I don't know whether you just wanna react and and comment. I do have one other uh, question. Congressman First, uh, great to see you again. And absolutely, I'm aware of this. Uh, Look forward to working with you. Uh, You understand that this is in statute. We have some constraints in what we can do, but we are absolutely willing to work with you. President Biden is committed to expand access to care, not reduce it. So definitely look forward to working with you. And that was raised actually by, uh, we should give credit where credit is due, Representative Courtney, who is the lead sponsor for this bill. So how was NAHU instrumental in getting these new bills introduced? To be blunt, uh, most uh, many of our coalition uh, partners are kind of center left, if you will. And it's a very robust group of coalition members And I have connections on the Republican side that I think many in our coalition do not. Also, I have time and energy and interest in this issue. Uh, So I have a personal feeling about fixing this problem. So as a consequence, I've reached out to Republicans on the committees of jurisdiction, for example, finding a ways and means Republican lead, uh, Mr. Estes, of Kansas is our champion on the Republican side in Ways and Means. Uh, We had G.T. Thompson in the Education and Labor Committee, so he is still on. I was able to reaffirm with Senator Capito's uh, office from West Virginia that she would, on the Senate side, 
support the companion bill in the Senate. And then, the, in fact, after about a week of, after dropping the uh, HR 3650, the House bill, Senator Brown of Ohio, our Democratic lead of S2048, also wanted to be bipartisan, and Senator Collins was the lone holdout. Now, that wasn't intentional, for sure. She's very committed to this, but I was able to prod her along. Fortunately, we were able to drop the bill in the Senate more swiftly than I think might have otherwise. I think another great development with good contacts on the Republican side is the American Medical Association, the AMA, has joined the coalition and in fact, I, I popped them a note, I know them well, and uh, thank them for joining the coalition and helping us get this across the finish line. So you mentioned the coalition. Can you talk a bit more about this coalition? Sure. It's very, very broad. It's about 75 or so organizations. Many of them work or deal with providing services to seniors in that space. It's just a very broad coalition. I don't think that there are any carriers involved in this at all. It's just a great coalition, very active. In fact, I've reached out to the American Hospital Association to see what we could do to draw them in now that the AMA is on board and have enjoyed working with them. And so has Chris. Chris has been a great partner, obviously, in in this effort as well. So what can NAHU members do to help finally get these bills passed and end this observation status loophole. Participate in Operation Shout. Our members have sent 1,600 discrete messages to the Hill. That's been very helpful. If you have a Republican member of Congress um, representing you in your district or in your state, uh, a special ask of you to reach out, tell stories. You guys have great stories. And in fact, I'm collecting a few specifically in some places to make that case. In Illinois, for example, I have someone who's, and in Wisconsin, if your member of Congress is on a committee of jurisdiction, either on the Education and Labor Committee or the Ways and Means Committee, those are, I'm asking for special attention, uh, focus on those, but numbers matter. They pay attention to those operation shouts they'd keep score. You know, I have flagged every single Republican on those two committees uh, more than once on this issue. And we hope to start adding more Republicans to the co-sponsor list very soon. It is now time for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. What are we toasting to this week? This week, we're going to toast S2048, the companion build on observation status. And that bipartisanship does live and breathe in Washington. We got two Democratic senators, uh, Brown and Whitehouse, and two Republican senators, Collins and Capito. And I think I'm just very elated and excited that we have this opportunity to work hand in hand across the aisle and right or wrong. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.